0: Welcome to Public Showering, created by me, Sophie Duncan. This is the only podcast designed specifically for pole artists, aerialists and movers of all kinds who want to learn how to build amazing choreography, tell your stories and be the best performer you can be. Part of my Sadasi Creative Coaching System, I'll help you unlock your full, fierce, and creative selves using professional dance, theatre, choreography, and circus tools, plus a hint of real-life backstage stories and some simple confidence-boosting skills. You
1: know, I'm proud. I'm proud to be 51, and yeah, I'm kind of you know I lot fit and healthy, and I like to surprise people when I say my age. I could accidentally cut my leg off.
0: <gasps> oh my god, we could make the most Sorry, I have hilariously a, I, gruesome act ever.
1: I kind of like the thing that people take a look at me and they immediately are generally a little bit frightened of me. <laughs> which I kind of like that because it kind of creates a certain amount of barrier. <laughs> On the morning of the operation where you sit down with the... Um registrar and they take you through what's gonna happen. Yeah. And I sat down and the first thing she said to me was, No, you cannot have the leg.
0: <laughs> what your body manages to achieve and you know, if you can if a if a woman can can build a baby, like of course Absolutely. a leg could just come off and be like, Yeah yeah, yeah. we're fine, do right. we'll carry yeah. on.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Our bodies are incredible things.
0: Hello, friends. Welcome back to this glorious second episode with the amazing Andrew Gregory. So in the first episode, we were talking about how his leg came off, um, (laughs) his incredible age and his incredible tattoos and what we're looking forward to. And I want to pose a question to everyone out there and also to you, Andrew. So... A little while ago, um, I get to get involved in some really incredible work with a few composers and stuff that I worked with. And there's a lady called Chloe Chirodi, who I've worked with quite a few times. Um, And very recently, we did a workshop in... um, In a school, which was everyone was completely neurodiverse. They had various disabilities and all kinds of things, and it was just it was just an absolutely mind blowing day. It was so much fun. Um, But before that, I'd done a workshop where um, I was working with a what do you call them? Like I guess an engagement officer, but anyway, some kind of very modern sounding job. And (laughs) the thing was, so I want everyone to sort of play with this in their head. So. He asked us, right, drawers draw a playground. So I I think my job on this one was to draw a climbing frame. So I draw I drew basically essentially what would be an able bodied climbing frame. Mm-hmm. And then they said, um, okay, now I want you to imagine that someone who is playing on this climbing frame is in a wheelchair, what would you do now to make this climbing frame? more accessible so mm-hmm. then I started building various like drawing various ramps and ropes and all kinds of stuff and they said okay this person is also blind so now what do we do to this climbing frame and anyway this happened a few times yep. and then by the end of the thing after we'd built these things so there's four of us in this workshop um, we looked back at the climbing frame sort of park that we'd done and the guy said so now how much more exciting is this park for everybody and I was like holy shit yes this is the most exciting playground ever because between all of us we'd built like these incredible slides at all different levels we'd built all these really tactile things things that were all about sound and and um, and also just anything that basically any single person could have access to and it was the most incredible penny drop moment of how incredibly boring normal, sorry, normal or whatever, (laughs) able-bodied, whatever want to call ourselves people are. Like, I would class myself as being completely able-bodied. I'm a bit dyslexic, but to be honest, that just means I spell things wrong. Um, But (laughs) other than that, I was like, why are we not actually being so much more open and making so many things more viable for differently abled people? Because normal people are dull
1: (laughs) I mean it's such a ridiculous thing it's ridiculous (laughs) it's absolutely ridiculous that we don't make things accessible for everybody
0: really it's
1: you know it shouldn't even be it shouldn't even be a discussion that has to be had no it should be a it should be weirder when something is made non-accessible, you know?
0: Yeah, and it is truly really boring. And I mean, now yeah. I, I I try my best when I'm making new productions or whatever um, to try and think of how more accessible we can make shows. But I mean, even in...
1: Well, hyper- just, so, I, just, so, just to sidetrack, I have this kind of dream of putting a show on um, with kind of different levels of ability, disability, uh, from the performers. Mm. But... How about making it really difficult to get to your seats? I kind of want to see like, you know, able-bodied people have to go through one door and through that door is like, the doors are too narrow. There's like weird, uneven steps that they've got to climb to their seat. And then it's like, well, that's how, you know, that's the struggle disabled people have all the time.
0: Yeah actually that's that's brilliant i
1: I know i know i I shouldn't really talk about it because it's like one day i'll make it happen i just don't want somebody else to do it first
0: well no but i mean it's that's so true actually because it's it, it again though that the entrance to go and get to my seat now sounds like a far more fun show than yeah, exactly. had i just walked into something actually because it yeah. it must be such an adventure for so many like disabled people or people in wheelchairs that just like oh my god i'm on the i don't know middle tier of this incredibly old theater and yeah. now i have to go up here i have to ask this person to do this like i bet yeah. do you ever find do you have to actually get to a lot of venues earlier just so that like because i mean you you can actually climb stairs but i mean Absolutely.
1: like i, mean, I- <laughs> it, it, I, in, in the grand scheme of things, I'm very lucky that I don't really have any accessibility needs. Mm. Um, you know, I'm very mobile. Um, I'm not limited in many ways, mm. um, but I still have to make sure legroom is enough I can't have somebody too close to me in front otherwise I can't actually get my prosthetic in especially in like right. theatre seats and those kind of things um, I need to be able to get out easily because yeah. you know if I'm trying to climb over to people and standing on them with my prosthetic not easy <laughs> um, so there's things that I need to be aware of right. my requirements are quite straightforward whereas mm. some people you know you have to book things way in advance of everybody else you may only have like maybe two or three wheelchair spots available, and then what do you? You know, it's like there's <laughs> there's so many restrictions for for people, especially in wheelchairs. Yeah. Um, you know, are they going to be able to go to the toilet? Are they going to be able to go to the bar? Are they going to be able to? You know, all those things.
0: The bar being and, the most important, obviously. Uh, well, but... yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know.
1: um, it's yeah, it's 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 hard. It's hard. It's hard. And I think like a performance where actually it's hard for the able-bodied people. Mm. <laughs> be really good fun.
0: <laughs> I th- I completely agree with you. Actually, it'd be it'd be quite pleasant actually to have this thing where basically everyone um, with a disability basically got into the theatre incredibly smoothly. Everything was perfection. They just yeah, got there, absolutely. and yeah. all of able-bodied people. It's like fucking hell. It's been a right yeah. mission to get through here. Like <laughs> yeah, I couldn't exactly. do this. Exactly. and The bar's exactly. really far yeah. away. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Yeah. is there um is there anything for- that you've sort of found in pole competitions that could have been sort of more useful because i mean it's it's again it's not something i've ever really th- thought about but i mean is, she, is there anything that you could think of in in a in a pole competition setting that especially with with pole theater because i suppose for um para ipsf and stuff like this like i would assume that they have some things in place to assist people should should they need it um but for other comps like i mean i know luckily the the Crescent in Peterborough which a lot of uh, Paul Theatre comps are it's, it's it's actually on the ground floor you can get in very easily it's, it's incredibly accessible but I know that from other places I've been to they are a nightmare to get through backstage would be for someone in a wheelchair would be basically impossible um have you found anything that could have been like oh that's this could have been nicer like are you just more aware of it because it might be sort of something you're thinking about whereas probably I wouldn't be
1: yeah, I mean, I'm definitely more aware of it, but um, I think most of the events that I've been to have been in venues that have actually been really accessible. <laughs> That's good. Um, I think a lot of modern buildings are have that accessibility built into them yeah. nowadays. And sometimes backstage can be a little bit tricky. You know, uh, getting from the changing area yeah. to the stage um, is... Could be challenging for people with restricted mobility mm. um i get that organizers don't necessarily think along those lines because they're probably not going to get somebody in a wheelchair performing at a pole competition but doesn't say that it wouldn't happen in no. fact i know a girl um aaron who um has performed in a wheelchair mm. um uh, with the pole sport ipsf power competitions they tend to be in sports halls which are generally Therefore, uh-huh. very accessible. There's lots of space. Um, so that's rarely an issue. And also, if you're running a para competition, yeah. you have to. Your accessibility <laughs> yeah. has to be um, perfect. Obviously. <laughs> um, but I think it's, as long as organizers show an awareness. Um, and, I, you know, there's when I enter a competition, there is absolutely no harm in an organizer getting in touch with me and saying,
0: what do you need mm. I was about is to say actually do,
1: um, yeah
0: like if there's anyone out there that's listening that has um, any kind of ability disability like what what would you just say to sort of help people to make sure that they feel fine I mean I w- I'm, I'm sure anyone that needs it will just quite happy to send an email but is is there anything yeah. that you can think of as a little bit of like this is what would be a nice thing to sort of
1: well I think yeah. definitely I mean if you have a non-visible disability I think when you if you're going to enter a competition, um, I think you need to pass that information on you can't expect people to understand your disability if it's not on show especially right. when it's, you know, you do a video entry you and in a video you know it's you performing at your best people aren't going to really understand that you have a disability. So I think you feel free to pass on that information when you enter a competition. Um, mm. I think disabled people expect, no. <laughs> let's just, you can edit that bit out. <laughs> I'm not um, going you, on. <laughs> Sometimes we have to explain to people yeah. what we need. Yeah. Um, and we can't always expect people to understand what we need.
0: Right. Right, um,
1: that's fine. So I think be be open about our business and our requirements. And organisers shouldn't be afraid to ask the questions as well, you know.
0: Yeah, it's true actually. I mean, think about it from that perspective. I mean, have you ever experienced someone just sort of, I don't know, maybe being a little bit too shy or to ask us, I mean, if, even me before we started this conversation, I was like, is there any word you want me to make sure that I say? Because I I mean, I even though I work with um, completely differently abled people constantly, I'm always terrified that I'm going to say the wrong word, the wrong name. Like, is there anything you could just tell the world right now? So
1: we're like, okay, this is what this is called. This is what this is called. Don't be afraid to say this. Do you know what? I mean, to be honest, I mean, I'm sure people will jump on this. I'm sure most disabled people would agree with me. You're not going to use the wrong word. Okay, <laughs> it's good. Like, it's, it's, the, the people who are most worried about that are the people who are not disabled. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: it's, it's not, we, we don't really that worry. I mean, of course there's offensive words, but right. those words are offensive for anybody. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Don't use offensive words. Um, but other than that, it's like you can't really go wrong. And if you think you might, if you, you think you don't understand the language that you need to use around somebody, ask that person. <laughs> just ask them. You are not going to upset somebody by saying, hey, how do I refer to this? Or, you know, what's your accessibility needs? Is there anything I can do to make your day a bit easier? Right. You no, know, just, just ask. Nobody's offended by you showing interest um or showing that you want to learn from it from something you know
0: well especially in the world of like pole dancing and stuff like this again this is still why public showering is still my favourite name for my own podcast because yeah, I'm, I would I would <laughs> <right there. laughs> Well, because I would like it to be one of these things where it's just like, let's just get it all out because it, there is yeah. nothing more annoying. Like, I mean, and we still live in the world where, you know, it, it's very easy to get someone's pronouns completely mis- mixed up. And I'm, I, I end up saying oh, yeah, everyone's a yeah, they at the moment because I'm like, you don't
1: second guess people's pronouns, do you? No. Like, they, they will tell you their pronouns.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um,
1: yeah, you know, it, it's, I think, you know, we're not afraid, we ask people what their pronouns are. So right. why can we not ask about what's the right term to use for a particular person. You know? I if think people like are still to, sort of like ask. scared
0: you're going to like offend people, but somehow it could be so much worse. You? Cause then you just, I, <laughs> it's Absolutely. not the same, but in my, in my mind, it's a little bit like when uh, like the very, the very older generation won't just say like gay or lesbian or something. They'll just say, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they have a disability. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's yeah. fine to say it. It's fine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, know. I mean, the thing is dis- being disabled is, it covers so many different things, but it's—I think it's a good umbrella. It's like I have a disability. I'm not trying to say that I don't have a disability. I don't want to call it something else. Yeah. I have a disability, but I don't use that in a negative way. You know, it's that is just—that's the nature of it. You know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and you can't. People can't offend me. Um, you know, it's, I've had teachers who say, "Oh." they've refer to my leg as stumpy <laughs> 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 I absolutely adore I yeah. love it when somebody can say something like that but then I guess that's somebody who knows me Yeah,
0: um, yeah. and they
1: know that they're not going to offend, uh, offend me you know
0: it's true I mean obviously you have to be careful with everyone not everyone is the same but I mean I guess like I, I can't imagine you were but I mean has this been something that's sort of you've sort of warmed into because I, I, I don't know I would imagine that you know the, the for, for most people if they something very physically change about them they might be a little bit like oh i'm not sure how to deal with this on my own yet like was that what did you ever have that moment for yourself because you you seem just very well adjusted even prior to having your leg removed you just seem to be like well this is probably going to happen like i don't yeah. know
1: i mean weirdly i found it it was harder for me before my leg was amputated because then i was constantly having to explain my injury
0: Oh right, yeah. I guess if the legs out there, it's like, well, um, that's pretty obvious, then, isn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I constantly had to explain the injuries beforehand, and yeah, it was just it was a conversation that I hated. Yeah, and, you know, I knew it had to be done. <sighs> um So yeah, no, actually, uh, with the amputation, that explanation is gone. It's done. <laughs> this is how it is, and yeah, my leg is always and my. Like, prosthetic is always on show so i never have to explain myself
0: i think one of my favorite things ever that i i enjoy sort of watching when i when i come to train with you is i realize that there's usually just like one shoe on the uh, the track outside oh, yeah. the, and I'm on the on the on the rail outside of my like oh andrew's here it's usually a giant <laughs> shoe uh, god knows what they are size 13 or something and usually yeah, incredibly colorful yeah,
1: yeah. i'm size 13 what a and guess because i i <laughs> Although I do need pairs of shoes. This is common question, is that, like, what do you do with <laughs> do, your legs? you only shoe? need one shoe? Yeah, well, I, I have multiple legs, and one of them I can wear a shoe with. Right. It's just that I personally prefer to wear blades.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: which, obviously, you don't need a shoe with. Um, so, yeah, that's why there's usually one shoe lying around.
0: I love it. All right, let's move on for a hot second then. So I want to talk about your actual creation of your acts as well because you already said that if, uh, for for uh, pole theatre amateur and things like this, you made it about your journey and things. Um, like where what where do you like to start with your your creation? Because I mean I've mentioned this a handful of times on my my podcast of like sometimes it's music, sometimes it's the concept, sometimes it's whatever. Where do you tend to want to start with most of the time?
1: Um, usually it's piece of music. Um, yep. I mean, I have I have a file of tracks <laughs> that I want to perform to, um, and you know that keeps getting added to and added to. Um, I like to me the music is as much a part of. It's, it's almost a character in the routine. Yeah. Um, whereas, and it, it needs to tell a story for me. This the the track itself needs to tell a story, mm. and then if I can interweave another story within that Mm -hmm. to kind of um, exaggerate it, then that's what works for me.
0: For sure. Is there any, um, when you're judging and things, is there any times that you've, before they've even started doing anything, you're just like, oh, what a track.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) there's one song that's actually in my files and uh, I was judging a competition uh, last year and I was sat there and I didn't know the music. You don't know the, the tracks no. beforehand ring, ring, ring. and the first notes of that song oh. came on and I'm telling you I was crying already.
0: Oh yes. <laughs>
1: but then the downside to that is that performance had to be amazing. It had because because I knew that music so well. Yeah. Uh, it like it had to work perfectly. <laughs> so it was both good and bad and I mean it was actually an incredible incredible performance oh fantastic Um, but yeah when you when the two connect really well for me I think it's fantastic
0: Uh, I mean there is nothing more well I mean (laughs) you know me improvising but there's no no greater feeling than you've got that track and it's on and then you totally forget like for me I don't know how it is for you when you're performing but like when the the music is there I completely forget Mm. the audience for a bit and I go into like a different world most of the yeah,
1: time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think I, I also like to add a lot of, um, my performance is very personal mm. as well. So it's kind of, it's always going to be based around, I mean, I don't have a leg, so I'm going <laughs> to always use that <laughs> in a <laughs> performance to some level. And you know, my the piece I'm doing for Paul Theatre mm-hmm. is to an amazing piece of music called In Your Likeness. It's all about not being like the people around you. And, mm. um, so, you know, I'm creating a, a story to work with that even more. But when I hear the music, I want to cry because that's yeah. the level of emotion that's going on in my head within that performance, you
0: know? Uh, 100%. I've, I have yeah. I usually tell people, like, if the music... It's only... like I've made two pieces where the music was the driving factor and one where I, I deliberately made the, the piece because of this piece of music but right. normally I have exactly the same thing I get a genuine emotional response and I'm usually yeah. like right now even though we're seven weeks out I still don't know what my music is for Paul Theatre yet because I'm still waiting for this moment of like that's a song because okay. I usually cry I usually actually right. whether it's a funny or a sad piece or whatever it's usually like a Yep, yeah, okay this is the track this is the one
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But the things I want tears from the audience as well. <laughs> you, I <laughs> know, and, like, oh, no. and it, it, you know, me too. The other thing with amateur. I, 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 get it. It was, it was a very emotional place. In fact, the weird, there was a weird moment at the end where the routine had very obviously finished, I'm and it was silent. silent, and it was like, what the fuck's happening? What's, what's, happening? what's happening? What's happening? And it yeah. was like people were just like taking those few moments just to actually oh. kind of be able to clap. It was, yeah. So I like to have, I want, I want an emotional response, not just from me, but from the audience.
0: Do you ever make pieces that are generally not sad? Because it sounds like you prefer to go yeah. that. <laughs> that. I
1: mean, I mean, I, I mean I, so I've, uh, over the last year, I've been doing a lot of performing at different events. Mm. Um, and... The kind of routines that I do for that, it's usually on a stage pole, you know. And oh, God, don't talk about stage poles. Well, yeah. I mean, I think you can you can put together a piece that kind of works, you know. Uh, you're limited. Yeah, of course. Um, but I, those sort of pieces are much more show pieces for me. So it's yeah. more about, like, doing fancy tricks, um, not really telling a story. It's really just showing what I can do.
0: Oh, for sure, because I mean, Uh, what is just like majestic outside of um, like pole world? Like, yeah, you are performing in a lot of places and you seem to, whether it's because of your your missing limb or not, seem to be doing a lot of bionic looking things, um, (laughs) robotic looking things. Like, can I go on your Insta? There's a lot of very cool, like, I don't know, like there's a picture you've put up recently. It's it's of your head and you've got like very cool bits on it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so that was actually from... um uh uk ppt um, oh. and i had kind of like this light up headpiece and there's lights in my shorts and there was lights on my prosthetic <laughs> oh cool um, it was all very kind of actually it's a pre-runner to a precursor to the piece that i'm gonna do for theater so it's kind of like i create this sort of cyborgy sort of character sick um and like now i'm gonna push that even further actually for theater
0: <gasps> that's exciting I was contemplating yeah. whether to do something <laughs> yes because um, this I you seem to go to this sort of robotic cyborg character kind of sort of very easily and my version of that is I seem to go into this sort of drunken pissed all the time which I also quite enjoy <laughs> um, so like but
1: I'm, yeah but listen listen you can no, no, I can move like a robot I can't slow so like <laughs> find your thing
0: yes this is the advice and this is it ladies and gentlemen find your thing and go with it well I you know it is perfect actually because I guess um, I have a lot of uh, abilities when it comes to alcoholism I'm, I'm very familiar with that, uh, <laughs> that feeling of flow um, not that I am an alcoholic but I mean god you okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't drink guys it's bad news but yes, that's a very good point though actually like if anyone if there's anyone out there that is just starting to their first ever comps, and you're thinking about where to go and stuff like
1: oh my god don't look at somebody else and think oh I want to move like them
0: oh uh, god like, yeah exactly reason they
1: move like that is because they found their thing you
0: know what that is the best advice absolutely That's there,
1: that was good actually wasn't it it
0: was oh my god well done it's it took us like 60 minutes cool. to get there but at least we yeah. got there i like.
1: <laughs> <heard> that before
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: uh, but no but it's completely true it's the one thing that um, yeah. any any student that I, I teach or whatever um, whether they're like semi-professional fully professional amateur is like and it sounds like I'm being an arsehole but I'm like, don't try and move like me because you will never move like me, which sounds really bad. But then I cover yeah. that with, I sandwich that with, because I will never be able to move like you either. Like, yeah. it's not yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not physically possible. We are, yeah. there's six billion people in the world and incredibly, not two people look the same, even, even in a corps de ballet of 30 ballet dancers yeah. that look yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just not yeah. a thing, is it? So yeah. it's well, such me, a, I, thing.
1: a thing. at the beginning of all my classes, where during the warm-up, part of the warm-up is... Um, some climbs and I always say to people do some climbs I do. I want to see you do something different with the arms and legs each time I don't mm. just want to see a standard climb and i will kind of like do a demonstration of what I would do mm. and everyone stands there and you can see the stress in their face like, just have some fun be you and then you can guarantee that most people try and do exactly what I just did <laughs>
0: but why do you think that is though? <laughs> because so like it is interesting
1: to, I think I think people are just frightened to experiment. I think that's what it is, Mm. Um, and people are afraid to look foolish.
0: Yeah, which which is such a
1: nobody's actually watching you. You are not watching each other because you're (laughs) so so focused on what you're doing. Don't worry, you know. Yeah, this is an environment where you should be able to kind of experiment. Be goofy. You know, don't try and be something that you're not. Just have fun with it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I think developing your style, finding your style is. It's hard work, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, again, for the namesake of the podcast, like, I think the... I, I would like to think that at least everyone can just be silly on their own in their apartment and just be daft, but I'm, I'm sure there's people yeah. in the world that will sort of get into a vibe, be silly, and then suddenly go, oh, that's a bit weird, why am I doing that? But yeah. it, it's I, I, it's such a shame to me that, like, as a... Especially as grown-ups, and I mean, and, and you're ancient, so you should know, like... <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> I'm kidding. But, like, you know, I think it's just such a shame that the The more we live and the older we get and the more experience that we get this sort of youthful stupidity just gets taken away and taken away it's and so
1: true very true yeah very true. and
0: like I like to for whether people get freaked out or not like in my workshops uh, th- my first sort of at least 10-15 minutes is I try and make everyone improvise and I can feel the room is shitting their pants
1: absolutely oh, absolutely I feel sick it. at the
0: thought of you saying that no <laughs> but you know but right now like I I always want to do that because I want people to be able to you know look in the mirror and just be a complete donor, and that's fantastic. But it's what my what I'm not struggling to find so much, but I'm I'm trying to develop is how can I put everyone in a situation where in this room of people they've never met and for the most part they're never going to see again apart from maybe at a comp that they're, they're just going to be like all right I've already paid I don't know thirty five quid for this hour and a half something. Um, I need to give all of my stupidity for ninety minutes, and then just leave feeling happy. Like it, I, I don't know. I it do you, do you do you have an answer to how it's possible that you know people can like get into that that vibe that scene? Because I'm I'm happy to be a complete donut basically everywhere.
1: Yeah, I think you almost have to. I think you almost have to give people tell them what to do to be stupid for a few minutes, like you know. <laughs> Give them a tiny little bit of a sequence, mm. and then they kind of realise oh, actually this is all right. Then get them to improvise. The thing is that if you go straight in there and you say right, improvise.
0: Oh, that, that's so, even you know, scary right, for you know,
1: me. It's like it is like a kooky warm up or something where you've already broken down those moments before <laughs> you have to say right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's those moments are scary. It scares the hell out of me when somebody says. Um,
0: well, are you She's able to do it on your own and... though? Like you know, when you have some. Oh,
1: some <laughs> oh my god! I do it all time for it in the mirror. I have no problem when I'm here, but the minute like, there's other people on, I just don't. Under- I think for me, I don't know if what I see when I look in the mirror looks cool or if it looks absolutely ridiculous, <laughs> and that's the fear for me: is what if. It's ridiculous. <laughs>
0: well, I think um, my answer to basically anything and, every, and everyone with any kind of movement in the world is that piece of movement that you've made, whether you think it's dumb or not, it belongs in a piece that you may or may not have made. Someone yeah. in the world... Would like this piece of choreography that you've just made like there's yeah, yeah, there's right, no um right. there's there's literally no wrong way to move like it there's there's only movement and that That's is
1: so, true. That's so true.
0: that is completely it so whether you think it's stupid or not is now your first layer of i guess either like guilt or shame or confusion or like is this good enough and I guess yeah. it's just tearing away that little piece of like you just made some movement it's fine it's just a piece of yeah. movement it's not a thing yeah. it's okay yeah. it's just an item, but it i when you have a little dance in the mirror <laughs> to yourself, <Yeah. laughs> um, like what what are you usually feeding? What is usually the, the thing that's going into your, your mind when you're just deciding to move? Is it music? Is it just a vibe? <laughs> is it just yourself? Are you just obsessed with yourself and you're enjoying? <laughs> it? I do. I'm well into myself. I can fall on improvise to myself all the time.
1: I think mean, I just really get into the music. I think that's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I love it. All
1: right. Yeah. Well, but I think I've just just going back to that that like the movement thing is like yeah. the the most terrifying bit for me with putting a routine together is when there's more than one pole, and I have to get from one pole to the other.
0: Oh, you're right. We haven't the, spoken about that. You're yeah, right.
1: The minute the minute my hand comes off that pole, it's like. <laughs>
0: It is still like, (laughs) again, when I was thinking of names for this podcast, I was actually considering calling it something like The Void because I just. (laughs) It is
1: is the Void. Oh, between two poles. And the floor. (laughs) Void and the floor are the two places I hate more than anything. Even though I crawl a lot on the floor when I haven't got my prosthetic on, I. Just don't know what to do on the floor, you know?
0: But, I mean, it it is 100%. Like, I mean, again, for me, I don't mind. I usually – I am better at improvising off the pole than I am on the pole just because, again, of experience of doing improv and my degree and everything like that. So, for me, that's never really been a problem. But it it is funny to me that we train ourselves on poles. um, And let's say, I don't know, if if we're lucky, we maybe do – I don't know, 10 hours a week. And most people might do, I don't know, two to four hours a week, right? Mm -hmm. For the rest of our lives, we are not on a pole. And yet, incredibly, we cannot find anything to do (laughs) between this two meter space. (laughs) But I think that comes back to what we were talking about earlier, is when um, often then we suddenly consider this... uh, uh, should we be doing ballet in this space? Because I've been told that I need to dance, so now I'm going to do this straight legged something. But, you know, what? being a complete pedestrian, being a complete normal human, isn't bad. It's also movement. And it's definitely a space yeah. where people should think about doing things. Because, again, yeah. the first time I did judging Everyone this time was saying. Take seen that,
1: that word dance off. The minute you add that word dance in, it's like, mm. oh. Yeah. Actually, I think just moving in that space. She called it moving. Paul moves. Move through the void. Don't Pole move. dance through the void. Just
0: yeah. <laughs> just dance through the void. That sounds so <laughs> contemporary. I love that. Just dance through the <laughs> void. <laughs> no, but it is, though. It, it's like... um, it, it Why is it that? And again, actually, this is... So this is a top tip from the first-time judge over here. Um you get marked on use of the stage, which means Mm. the whole stage, not just the two metres between the thing. And actually, of my... I'm not sure if every comp has this. I imagine that not everyone does. But in in pole art, at least, um, use of the stage space is is a mark there. Mm. And for a lot of people, I found that incredibly difficult to mark because they hadn't not used the space well in terms of they went from pole A to pole B very nicely. But I mean, Mm. if I'm judging the entire
1: rectangle... Well, yeah, maybe it's down to the bit of sage that they used did they use that space well
0: yes this is what this is what I went to most of the time of like was yeah, was it used yeah. well but it, it's actually it's had quite a
1: thing like that costume thing like you know quite often on the judging sheet there'll be a thing about costume and was the costume appropriate oh. for that performance well did they have a costume on? Yes, then it's appropriate for that performance Yeah, and that, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. costume is such a weird thing to judge on. Yes,
0: no? I am 100% in this. I am not part of the Glitter Crew and I never have been. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. amount of yeah. panics I've managed to get myself into because I'll have made a routine that where the costume just needs to be a costume that's on it, regardless of what it is and I'm, I'm, I'm not a blander person, but I'm not a sparkle tits person. That's that's yeah, basically yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. then, you know, if you're making a, a, a comp routine that is seemingly about, I don't know, Whisper, the one that I did for pole art last year, it was yeah. it was about sensuality. And so I actually reused the costume that I had purposely made uh, for pole theatre semi-pro in Hong Kong. And it's a perfectly good costume. It looks like underwear a little bit, but otherwise yeah. it's just a sports thingy. And it was about yeah. sensuality and intimacy in myself. Yeah. But I remember yeah. being backstage in that comp and all these other people that had sort of similar <laughs> concepts that were dancing were really sparkly. And I was like, oh, my God, am I going to lose marks so I didn't bloody yeah, Shirosky yeah, yeah, yeah. this thing? Yeah. <laughs> and it's an yeah, expense. I, <laughs> <well>. <laughs> I
1: mean, my uh, Paul Theat, previous Paul Theatre, when I came on in a hospital gown, it was like somebody, there was a comment that maybe the outfit could have been more. <laughs> well, I mean, it's quite
0: a lot a hospital after, going. I
1: was waking up after operation. I mean, what, that, that <laughs> outfit was totally appropriate for that routine.
0: That's madness but to it me. it
1: wasn't covered in sparkles, you know?
0: I don't think it's fair. And also, to me, that's an expense. Like, pole dancing anyway is already an expensive
1: I skill. I, I, I don't, I mean, I don't, I mean I, personally, it's not for me about what the costume costs, but it's like, it, if it, works with the routine it doesn't matter whether it's an expensive costume or a cheap costume it's no. just you know.
0: but I, I think that it does seem to be especially with like uh new pole dancers I, f- I find um that have seen especially lots of maybe university comps or like the first time they've yeah. been to pole theater and you do get these inc- i mean i'm not judging anyone's costumes here yeah, in terms of yeah, like how yeah, beautiful yeah. like if you can yeah. afford a 300 pound
1: yeah, costume yeah, yeah, a go. Made for you. yeah go make
0: go for it please give me all the sparkles ever but I mean it it does make me nervous for other people because I mean for a a brief period I was like crap like I should be spending at least I don't know £100 on a new costume
1: but you know a pretty
0: little thing is a lot cheaper
1: (laughs) yeah Yeah, I think my hospital gown cost me (laughs) like (laughs) £5
0: where did you get that from
1: the hospital Uh, Amazon (laughs) Amazon
0: Yes, come on, Amazon. <laughs> yeah. oh,
1: In fact, going. most of my new outfit for Pole Theatre has come from Amazon as well. So.
0: I love it. I, well, again, I am still I still have no idea what I'm wearing because I still don't know what bloody concept is. So, oh, right. Oh, right. Well, on that note then. So um, let's wrap it up then. So we will be able to see you at Pole Theatre UK on the 27th of May. Is that yep, the date yep, of it? that's yep. right.
1: <laughs> and then again, uh, um, we're doing, don't forget, we're doing... Oh crap, we're doing yeah. the elite pole championships. Oh, oh yeah, my... no, you're, you're doing pole idols. I am not doing pole idols, I am doing pole <laughs> I'm in the idols. regular competition.
0: I know, yeah, you're the regular comp. But I know, <laughs> but you know what's funny <laughs> to me though? I think, like, um, because they launched it last year, didn't they? And it was like yeah. so everyone was a little bit like, ooh, what's this? And yeah. then suddenly it's all sort of yeah. blown up, and now my category that seemed to be sort of like, all right, this is a good category, suddenly so gone into. Oh, really? You're here? Great. <laughs> cool. Okay.
1: <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be, I mean, the idols section is going to be an epic. I mean, the, the regular competition, in the lineup is great. Yeah is the idols is, pr- is turning out to be an absolute idols competition absolutely. yeah you guys are going to be amazing I'm so excited to watch
0: I'm excited I also need to get my head around that because I think you know what I actually know I think I know more about what I want to do for elite than I want to do for pole theater I just need to
1: Oh, interesting.
0: yeah because yeah. What, what for me is interesting about the elite comp and what I am sort of feeling quite refreshed about is I think because it's an invite only one, for some reason, for me, the pressure of sort of trying to win it or whatever is 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 less there. Of course, I'm I'm not going to pretend like yeah. I don't want to win because why would I yeah. even say that? But yeah. the, you know the yeah, like I said, the lineup is so incredible. It's just yeah. about I'm going to go and I'm going to have a good old time because considering Absolutely. everyone there, I'm not the trick monster, but hopefully I am the concert monster. So yeah, like yeah. I just I just want to go and have a great time because it's going to be an absolute festival. It's going to be great.
1: It's going to be incredible. It's going to be incredible. I think I'll just be one of the most amazing. Life amazing lineups mm. on any stage for a long time right? yeah
0: and I think that's fantastic and I hope it is just yeah. going to become a big like festival of pole and everyone's just going yeah. to have a yeah, 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 yeah. a whale of a time um, yeah. Other aside of the comps you're in are you actually judging anything else as well this year
1: um, I'm actually going off to I don't know when this is going out I'm going out to Germany wow um, oh, what days is it I'm going out to Germany on Friday to judge competition out there I've already done a couple this year um, and then the rest of it is more actually me competing. I need to focus mm. on competing rather than judging. I oh, know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> me too. Right. Yeah. Well, it's been an honourable pleasure. What are all your instas and all the places that people can find you, so we can find you if we can't?
1: Oh yes, yeah, so um, on so Instagram, tattoo pole boy. Um, I mean, that's really my only social media. I can only handle in one place. At a time. <laughs> so, yeah, tattoo pole boy is pretty self-descriptive.
0: Yeah, it is pretty self-descriptive. And yeah. Uh, and yeah, and thank you so much for chatting with us. It's oh, been, it's been
1: such a pleasure
0: such a pleasure <laughs> right I will see you hopefully in a studio very soon if not oh, all yeah. theatre we will be there
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Thanks,
0: right. love you bye 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 if you're loving what you've been hearing in the public showering podcast you have to experience Sadasi www.soduncan.com slash Sadasi it's the online community that is everything you've been hearing in public showering plus so much more It's where you can get one-to-one help bringing all these ideas to your own work. It's where you can learn new creative coaching tools not shared on the podcast that will blow your mind even more. And it's where you can hang out and chat with other Sadasi members just like you and help each other unlock your creative potential. It's fun, it's chill, and I'm there for you when you need that little bit of extra support. So come join us at www.soduncan.com. It's been a pleasure to have you with me today. I'll see you there. Love you, bye-bye.